This is a Vault Studios production. I'm Reed Redmond. I'm Spencer Brudig. I'm Will Johnson. This show contains graphic material and is meant for mature audiences. This week on True Crime Chronicles. Madison County 911, what's the address of your emergency? Uh, yes, I need the cops and an ambulance. Yeah, apparently a guy just shot himself. Is he breathing at all? Yeah. No. On April 25th, 2021, police announced that Durante Martin had died by suicide. However, after a deeper investigation takes place, which was led by Durante's mother, Erica Lotz, as well as a private forensic pathologist, there may be more to this story than meets the eye. So three days before Durante Martin was shot and killed, he was with his mom, and they were living in Ferguson, Missouri. They had just moved there. This is Christine Byers. She is a multi-skilled journalist for KSDK in St. Louis, Missouri. You may recognize her voice from other episodes of True Crime Chronicles. And a friend of his came to pick him up, and she said that her son told her he was going to see his grandmother in Park Hills, Missouri, which is, um, it's a pretty good distance uh, south of St. Louis in Missouri, and that's where his family was from, that's where he grew up. So she didn't really think anything of it, and that was the last time she saw him. 19-year-old Durante Martin had recently graduated from high school. He was described as a big kid, fun-loving, and a loyal friend. He had the biggest, brightest smile. You know, just a smile that would just warm you up. You know, he's always happy and good, you know. The kids are always putting smiles on the kids' face. That's what I remember most about him. He had received interest from several colleges to play football for them. He was great. He was aggressive. He was very athletic for his size. I mean, he could do a lot of things that other big boys like him couldn't do. You know, we won a couple conference championships with him, uh, anchoring that defensive line. But he first needed to get his test scores higher before joining his future football squad. In the meantime, he worked for a local restaurant. Most of his friends had moved on from the small town Durante called home. Durante had an extended weekend planned. He was going to spend time with a couple of friends and had told his mother that he would swing by to see his grandmother and would not be home for several days. After he left his mother's house, um, it's pretty unclear, at least according to his family, where exactly he went. But three days later, he ended up at a house in Fredericktown, Missouri. And uh, that is not, that's not, too far away from Park Hills, Um, and he ended up there, and there was a girl having an 18th birthday party there. His uh, friends and family that I've spoken to have said that he didn't really know this girl uh, very well, and that he didn't even know the kids he was with all that well either. They weren't sort of his core group of friends, Um, but his core group of friends had graduated from high school, gone on to college, and uh, or got jobs and sort of moved on with their lives. And Durante's SAT scores were not high enough, um, and his mom said he was planning to work on those and really hoping to get a football scholarship uh, like some of his other friends did to get into college. And um, the house has been um, a point of contention as well because Hanging from the front porch uh, is a Confederate flag, and there's also a Confederate flag in the garage, which he clearly would have seen um, when he went there. And Durante Martin is black, 
and this part of Missouri is very rural and majority white population. Um, and the homeowner from Fredericktown, where this occurred, he actually sat down for an interview with me um, and basically said, you know, he had seen Durante once before, and on that particular night, in his opinion, nothing seemed to be off or anything like that. He just kind of passed him in the hallway, and the next thing he knew, he heard a gunshot. And I was downstairs, and I was, you know, he just shot himself. And I called 911 to try to help him. Yeah, apparently a guy just shot himself. You said a guy just shot himself? Yeah. And that's it? Yeah. And is that where you are? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Is he breathing at all? Yeah. No. Do you think he's beyond any help? Do you want to try CPR? Uh, I... Somehow got in the back of my. Uh, okay. Okay, you're cutting okay. down. How old is he? Do you know? How old is he? Like, maybe 20, 19, 20, 21, somewhere like that. Alert at all? Is he conscious? Uh, he don't look like it. And when did this happen? Hello? I can hear you now. Oh, yeah. Uh, right now I called you. What was your name? Uh, James Wade. James Wade, whose house it is and whose daughter was having the party there, basically said to me that he had been out for a full day of fishing and he had only come home about a half an hour before this happened. And so he said he, w- he had not been at this party for very long, Um, It was very, very late at night, very early morning hours, in fact. Christine Byers was pretty much immediately looking into this case after it happened, and she got an interview with James Wade, but he refused to let her speak with his daughter, whose birthday it was when Durante was found dead. So basically, I asked James Wade if I could speak to his daughter or any of the other people who were there that night. By the time that this this shooting occurred, He said that there were probably only about five kids left, that the party was definitely winding down and it was just a few kids left. Um, I reached out to uh, his daughter on social media and the other uh, kids that were there on social media. And so far, nobody has responded to my request for comment. And uh, since the story aired, James Wade has also stopped uh, responding to me. So investigators say that they believe it was suicide. The coroner report also comes back saying that the wound to the head coincides with suicide as well. But for friends and family, this official story just does not add up. There is no way Durante committed suicide. There's just no way. Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to accept it. Corey Schweiss, who was Durante's high school football coach, had seen him just a couple of weeks before when Durante had come to pick up some equipment from him. He was happy. He was, you know... A big old smile on his face. So, uh, you know, I asked him how everything was going. He said, great. He was having a good time. Their theory about a self-inflicted gunshot wound, um, I believe, originated with the 911 call that James Wade made on the night that this happened, um, where he basically says that this man shot himself and needed medical 
assistance. And then a couple of days later, the Madison County, Missouri Sheriff's Department put out a press release on their Facebook page and elsewhere saying that this appeared to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Um, Now, the family of Durante Martin did not believe that at all, did not believe he was suicidal at all. Uh, This is a kid that they've described as, you know, having no criminal record, having no not having a gun, nothing like that. Um, so they don't even know where the gun came from. Another question is, where did the gun come from? No one close to Durante had ever seen him with a gun or understood him to be a gun owner. James Wade, the owner of the house where Durante died, says he is also not a gun owner. James Wade said he is not a gun owner himself, doesn't have any guns in the house, and doesn't know where the gun came from. So there's obviously a lot of questions about how did this gun even enter the situation. Um, And so the family, not believing that this was a suicide, then went out and hired their own independent uh, forensic pathologist who conducted a second autopsy. So the family hires Dr. Jane Turner. She's a forensic pathologist with over 20 years of experience. She worked for the City of St. Louis Medical Examiner for many years and recently left to begin her own consulting and secondary opinion business. And so she reviewed this case. She reviewed, um, she performed a second autopsy and concluded that the shot that killed Durante had to have been fired from at least two to three feet away at the minimum. The evidence that you see um, from a close gunshot wound, um, a suicide usually, it was not there. There was no, um, she said there's sort of, you know, different types of um, stages that of evidence that a gunshot leaves behind on a person um, to, to demonstrate the range, the, the, the point of which they were shot. There are no findings on my examination of a contact gunshot wound. The contact uh, gunshot wound, you'll see an outline of the muzzle of the gun, an imprint of the muzzle of the gun on the skin. I didn't see those. And what's more, according to her report, the actual trauma to the head itself does not corroborate a narrative of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. There's something that occurs called stippling, and it's basically where the um, muzzle flash will uh, that occurs when the gunpowder is exploding from the barrel um, leaves little burn marks uh, because the gunpowder burns up very quickly and at a high temperature, and it leaves little sort of dots, uh, little burn marks. Uh, none of those things were present on Durante's body. The end of the gun would have been two or three feet or more away. This entrance wound is what would be called in forensic pathology as a distant entrance wound. According to Durante's family, investigators have been slow in communicating their findings and have yet to deliver many of Durante's personal belongings. Miss Lotz, Durante's mother still has not gotten his wallet, the clothing he was wearing, the shoes he was wearing. She still has not received her son's belongings. And that's also sort of standard operating procedure whenever there's a death that the family will receive the decedent's possessions that were on them um, when they were, when they died. 
And so the sheriff's department and the, the coroner's office in Madison County, Missouri has told her all of that went with her son when he came to the funeral home in St. Louis. And the funeral home is saying nothing came with him at the funeral, you know, to the funeral home when he was received there. They have pretty much been non-responsive to us as well. So I don't know. I don't know why um, they took so long to speak to her. And when they did speak to her, it was not um, pleasant. And even more odd is the fact that Durante's mother says that she has potential evidence in her possession that police have yet to see and investigate further. She has even some of the evidence in this case. One of the people that came and actually picked up Durante from uh, her house brought his cell phone back to her after this happened, and it had been wiped clean of any text messages, photos, everything. And so they've, in their supposed investigation, they haven't ever questioned Miss Lotz about what she knew, um, you know, as part of putting together their timeline of what happened that night. I mean, it's pretty typical and standard practice in a murder, you know, murder or suspicious death investigation is to speak to the next of kin um, to see if there's any evidence that may be out there. So um, it's puzzling. It's very puzzling why the sheriff's department has not been responsive to her or even included her in their investigation. Durante's friends and family are deeply frustrated by investigators' lack of urgency and believe that Durante's race may play a part in both his death as well as lack of investigative follow-up. It hurts my heart to know that somebody hurt my grandson and possibly because of the color of his skin. On top of all of this, Christine Byers provides some potential insight as well. The last that we uh, have heard is that the Sheriff's Department is planning to give their report to the prosecuting attorney's office in Madison County, Missouri. Uh, and we heard that at the beginning of June. Uh, but what we also heard was that the Madison County prosecuting attorney's office was going to be closed until June 21st. Um, just, I don't, we were never given an explanation as to why. Um, but so the soonest they could possibly even review this report would be the 21st. And who knows how many cases they have to review before they get to this one. The thing about it is in, in Missouri, in the rural areas of Missouri, um, there are very small police departments. Um, Madison County Sheriff's Department is, is very small and they have very large areas to cover. Um, a couple of times when I went down there to try to interview the sheriff, um, she was over at the courthouse um, for extended periods of time because she has duties over there. So um, it's not like they have a homicide division uh, at the Madison County Sheriff's Department. I mean, this is a community where there are very few uh, suspicious deaths or homicides. And, you know, they're also, according to their press release, considering this a self-inflicted gunshot wound. So it's really hard to say um, what exactly they're doing with the investigation. Um, typically, uh, when there are suspected homicides or suspicious deaths, we will see smaller police departments call in uh, the highway patrol that does have the resources to conduct such investigations. Um, I know the highway patrol in this case assisted uh, in some aspects. And when I called them to see if they could share any information, 
they said, oh no, I'm sorry, the Madison County Sheriff's Department is the lead agency on this. Um, so it's hard to say. It's hard to say what they're doing. They could be investigating this for all we know. They just won't tell us how or why or what they're doing. The only thing they have said is again, that press release, which says that this was a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Hey, True Crime Chronicles listeners, Reed Redmond here. Usually, Spencer, Will, and I end each episode with a quick conversation about the case. But this week, right after we recorded that conversation, there was some breaking news that we've decided to bring you instead. The family's suspicion was right all along. Their loved one did not die by suicide. That initial cause of death by the Madison County Sheriff's Office was overturned after an inquest this morning. On Friday, a jury in Madison County, Missouri, determined Durante Martin's death was not a suicide. The jury met as part of a coroner's inquest, a judicial process held to determine a person's cause and manner of death. Christine Byers reported on the development for KSDK on Friday, noting it's a process rarely seen in Missouri outside of rural communities. Here's more from her story. It took a jury of six about two hours to determine Durante Martin's death was no suicide. I feel rejoiced. I am so glad I am happy that they seen through all their lies and they sought the truth that my baby did not kill itself. The prosecutor, coroner, and investigators involved in this proceeding wouldn't go on camera, but the Madison County prosecutor told the I-team he asks for coroner's inquests when there are questions about how someone died. It's a proceeding that happens in counties that don't have medical examiners. There's no question Durante Martin died from a gunshot wound to his left temple. But the jurors in this case, which included one black man, one white man, and four white women, had to determine today how it happened. Was it by suicide? Was it by accident? Was it natural causes? Or by violence? A total of 26 witnesses were called, including James Wade, who owns the home where the shooting happened. Durante was there for Wade's daughter's 18th birthday party. Jurors also heard from paramedics, highway patrol investigators, and Madison County deputies. Troopers and the county's pathologists said they believed it was a suicide. Justice for Durante Martin! As a handful of people gathered with Durante's mother and grandmother outside the courthouse, they still believe Durante's death may have been racially motivated. We don't have the answers to who, who did it. We don't have the answers to why they did it. But one thing for sure and two things for certain, God ain't through yet. Of four options given to the jury, suicide, accidental from natural causes, or by violence, the jury said Durante Martin's death was caused by violence. This verdict means the investigation is not over. Someone could still be charged in Durante Martin's death, and investigators from the Madison County Sheriff's Department and Missouri Highway Patrol must go back to the drawing board to try to figure out who is responsible. You can learn more about the inquest and the jury's decision at ksdk.com. Special thanks to our Vault Studios summer intern, Nia Dumas, who helped produce this episode alongside Spencer Brudig. For True Crime Chronicles, I'm Reed Redmond. We'll be back next week with a new case and a new story.